Welcome to Decades From Home, a podcast about the weird and wonderful side of living in Germany. And all without saying, Wir sind Jahr nicht schön, in 30. nicht stark, in 40. nicht klug, in 50. nicht reich ist, der darf danach nicht hoffen. Uh, we, for this special occasion of 50 whole episodes, are joined by not one, but two, yes, two guests. Welcome back to the show, Dilly and Sandra. How are you, ladies? I'm, I'm I'm very good, thank you. Me too. I don't really know what to do. I'm, I was thinking maybe we should get some party poppers or like I'll get really drunk and podcast like heavily drunk for episode 50. Instead, what I decided to do was dig out a big tree in my garden, which means like physically I'm, I'm ruined. Um, so how have you all been preparing for... The exciting episode 50 of Decades From Home. I, I went to Park Run this morning um, to to enjoy some, well, rainy, grey weather in Bielefeld. <laughs> how, about, how about you, Dilly? What were you doing this morning? Anything exciting? It was extremely exciting that I had to run to the hospital. Oh, God. I had a positive medical experience <laughs> with an extremely interested doctor. So that's... I'm excited about that. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what you want. You want your doctor to be interested in your health concerns. <laughs> it's definitely a positive. I mean, I didn't know you were so excited that you might be hospitalized by the, the concept of 50 episodes of Decades from Home, but that's, that's nice to know, Dilly. <laughs> and finally, Simon, how about you? Do you have some party poppers? Did you do some shots? No, I mean, it's a bit early. We're recording at uh, midday today, so no. Um... This morning I started very casually. I had a little play with my cats, stretched, warmed up, got ready for this. And uh, yeah, the drinking will commence afterwards, uh, watching the Premier League. That's back after an international break. Happy days. Don't you Don't you remember starting drinking at about half 12? I remember those days. Yeah, those, those were good days. So like, if we could go to the pub at 12 and record there, I'd be down for that. But uh, as we now know, as of the announcement yesterday from the good Herr Suda, um Bayern is now heading back and towards all sorts of restrictions, including 15 days uh, for yeah. restaurants, bars and clubs. Oh, no, restaurants are open for 15 days, but bars and clubs and then all the, the fun drinking locations are shut for the next fortnight. And we will see what comes. Even though we, we spent an episode talking about Christmas markets and how nice it is they're back. Yeah, we got really excited about it, didn't we? And now they're cancelled. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, episode 48 was a little bit of a waste of time in that yeah, sense. we shouldn't have had so much faith in, you know, humanity and people's goodwill <laughs> more fool us but it does point towards the predictive power of the show we are obviously getting better at this stuff because in our episode from last week we talked about two things that changed dramatically yeah, <laughs> after yeah, recording yeah. chelsea season ticket price rocketed uh, and cannabis is now legal uh, after we spoke about the positives well, not quite thereof. legal it's not like it just suddenly they rocked up and said it's now they've got a plan in place they'll have to go through the bundestag and i imagine it's going to take a couple of a couple of years at least but. but there will there will be a point where people can grow in their own attics and houses and cellars without being worried about being ratted on by their neighbors <laughs> and that's a move in the positive direction for the sense of community <laughs> yeah yeah, it's always better when people aren't grassing each other up. Uh-huh. It always seems to happen that we, we record something and then, I don't know, two days later, as I'm doing the edit, I get a text message from Simon saying, oh, well, uh, uh, these things have changed. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> Just so much effort. So much effort. And, and as if editing wasn't hard enough at this point. Um, we've included two extra guests as well. So <laughs> I'm going to spend this week just pulling my hair out. Congratulations are in order for our guest Sandra, who has is it a new job yeah. that you've got in Gothenburg. Uh, am I saying that right? I keep looking at it going, am I doing Gothenburg? Right? Gothenburg, like? Are you going to Gothenburg? In German and in, in Swedish, it would be Göteborg and Göteborgje. Göteborgje. I like Göteborgje. <laughs> <laughs> But I don't think people would know that. So Gothenburg, I think, is best one. Yeah, it's exciting. And does this mean you're in the process of like packing everything you own into a series of boxes? <laughs> uh, not, not yet. Um, so I'll start the job in August, thank goodness. Um, so I don't have to organize everything over mm-hmm. Christmas. And the university has organized a place for me to stay for the first okay. six months. Oh, so that that makes things easier. Um, and I'm going there in March for a few days to meet my new colleagues. I never went for the job interview. It was mm-hmm. online. Oh, what was what was that like? What's like a job interview? I've never had an interview online. I loved it. <laughs> I only want online <laughs> interviews now. <laughs> Fair enough. 
it was it was really hot, so I uh, was wearing my like business shirt and uh, a blazer and then shorts. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way to do it. Yeah, just don't stand up. That's the trick. I, yeah, I guess it would like relieve a lot of stress. Of cause I did my interview face to face and we had the masks on and everything. That certainly complicated matters slightly, especially with my German. <laughs> uh, as if, as if the complication. I need any more complications, right? <laughs> they um, the job was actually advertised with the idea that the person should already speak Swedish. So at one point, I had to admit that I don't speak Swedish yet. So. <laughs> But it went well. It obviously speaks for the caliber of the uh, of the candidate that they were like, we don't need you to speak Swedish. You you got everything else we're looking for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess it's a Germanic language. Come on, how long it'll take you to learn Swedish? So what, like a couple of weeks? Well, I've been uh, doing Duolingo for like six weeks. It definitely takes a bit longer, but um, I think I can manage a bit already so i guess with your surname as well there'll be some people that will make the assumption that you are swedish uh, or from that part of europe yeah, yeah it's gonna be problematic dutch yeah. danish swedish all the time i get emails from colleagues saying oh you know you are dutch aren't you and i'm like why <laughs> so with the with the offer that you got from the university does it include a relocation package do they take care of moving you over as well with your possessions yep yeah, yeah. Um, and I can postpone that. So the uh, flat that I'm going to stay in first is furni- has furniture. So um, I leave my stuff here. And then at one point, if when I have a flat, I'll get my stuff over. Because it's Sweden, will you turn up and all the furniture you have to build yourself once you arrive at the flat? <laughs> well, I, I was thinking of selling my furniture here and then getting new furniture there. But um, with all the delays in the production now and, and things getting more expensive, mm-hmm. all my IKEA furniture is going to move there. <laughs> it's like Coles to Newcastle, that, isn't it? It's like the, the sort of process seems quite streamlined then. It doesn't seem like a chaos of when I moved, Simon moved with a little bit more intent than I think I did. I'm, I moved to here with a backpack. I, I came with nothing. I literally the clothes on my back, and that was it. Yeah, yeah. But you were you were committed, you were committed with your backpack. Well, when I when I moved to Britain uh, in 2013, I had the my job interview like on the 10th of December and had to start my job mm. on the 1st of February. So wow. I knew that I didn't want to do that again. So I asked for a start mm-hmm. in August. Mm. And at the time I had to downgrade because I had a three-bedroom flat uh, in Germany because I could afford it, which I would wasn't able to afford in Brighton and had to sell off mm. lots of stuff. Um, but And I'm doing that again now because I mm. won't be able to afford a flat like this in Gothenburg. Yeah, it's a bit expensive, isn't it? Yeah. Does that, that mean you're getting your Mary Kondo on and you're just going like, does this spark joy? <laughs> no, and throwing out the window. Basically, yeah. So all my CDs and DVDs, um, I don't have a CD player anymore. So I would have kept them if I had stayed, but those things go now. Just get Spotify. You know, that's all you need. Spotify and an empty yeah, room yeah. where your DVDs and CDs would be. How many CDs do you have? Do you have like a massive collection? No, uh-oh. Okay, that's good then. The people I feel sorry for are the people who like accumulated loads of DVDs. There was those people in the sort of early 2000s who were like, I had to collect DVDs. Yeah. Hi, that's me. And you just got yeah. thousands of DVDs. <laughs> And then technology shifts. And you're like, what do I do with these? My, my problem are books. I have lots of books. <laughs> And those are hard to move. I feel there's a commitment with books, though, that means that you'll move them regardless. Like, if it came down to it, I'd carry my book collection on my back to the next house. Because <laughs> it's like, you've really, I feel like it's more of an investment than a DVD collection. But then, as, as Simon pointed out, he did have thousands of DVDs. So uh, you probably have a comment on this. Would you would you, would you, you carry your DVDs on your back to get them? No, they're, they're all still in England. <laughs> that is your answer then, eh? All my entire DVD collection, all my CDs are in England, yeah. all my books are in England apart from the ones I've acquired since I moved here so yeah this Christmas the plan is that we, my wife and I are going to drive over to the UK to avoid airports mm. and the like in Christmas madness and then come back with the Audi full of all my personal belongings so I'm looking forward to a very sort of emotional return to Germany unpacking boxes of things that I totally <laughs> forgot I owned and I'm sure my mum will be delighted to have space in her attic again what, what about what about you Dilly when you moved did you, did you bring a lot of stuff I think I was allowed 30 kilograms of things on the plane when I moved wow. first and that was mostly clothes my father mm-hmm. and my mother they sent me my books later mm-hmm. 
through a friend. So this means that I have the books that my father and my mother thought were important to me. And that's all to do with linguistics and none of the 2,000 hours and things I had on the shelves in Sri Lanka. Linguistics collection is, is preserved and everything else is not. <laughs> yeah, but that's what you want to do. You settle down Sunday evening and read about, I don't know, diphthongs. But then it just, it just means you're really, like, you're really up to date with all the, all the comings and goings in linguistics. You've got all the information at your fingertips. <laughs> that my father thinks I should have. <laughs> It's over that. It might just be the books he thinks are linguistically important. And you're like, I needed the dictionary, man. <laughs> I had a couple of rare books that I'd collected over the years. Mm. He kept them. <laughs> <laughs> Next egg, planning for the future. The books were my biggest concern when I moved. Mm-hmm. Especially as I was like one of them pretentious students who had like a massive wall of books and would be like, oh, look at my look at my book collection. And now I'm a pretentious middle-aged person who goes, oh, look at my... Look at my book collection. Uh, so, do you have an intention to get the books over, though? In Sri Lanka, the books that were left, so I really did have a huge collection of about 2,000 books, and mm. this meant it collected a lot of dust, yeah. and my parents couldn't take care of them. So uh, they encouraged me, and I say encouraged in quotation marks, to uh, give away the books to family mm. friends right. who, who came and collected them. But they're in good homes, so that helps. But but I, I'm building up a collection here as well, and I'm never parting with that again. It's too painful. Were they all just Mills and Boone, though? Or like, were they all like Di- Diana Steele, like romance novels? Just 2,000, 2000 trashy novels? Or was it like, did you uh, have some like some classics and uh, a few like sort of. I had the usual Penguin classics. Oh, uh, right, yeah, uh, yeah. Anne yeah. of Green Gables, the whole series, you know, my Evie Blightons. There were, of course, Mills and uh, yeah. Bones and uh, Lu- Lucy Walker. I don't know if anyone's read Outback Romance, no. but Lucy Walker's <laughs> the way to go. My wife, when she was pregnant, my wife went through this phase. She would just like blast through these trashy romance novels. And the covers, the covers are the best bit for me. Like, you look at the cover and it's just so like ridiculous, mm-hmm. the dumbest sort of stuff it was it was one about like it's a <laughs> dynastic historical romance every time i saw it like i go downstairs like almost every day because she was just reading them constantly you go downstairs and should have a new one but the woman had aged slightly there was like seven of them so should age slightly a little bit more on the put of the cover sounds like a good narrative arc <laughs> and then i think the last one was like a grave and i was like all oh, right it's fucking grim that's the <laughs> so, end yeah. of that <laughs> yeah that's the end of, that'll be the end of that one there's no there's no more coming out of this series i had a lot of sandra brown that's I think I mean some people consider it semi-porn actually <laughs> but uh. one of my favorite historical like facts is that when was it the Duke of Wellington before the Duke of Wellington was the Duke of Wellington he was called Arthur Wellesley and he went to India to make his name because that's what you did at the British Empire of course <laughs> and he, t- he took with him like loads of books about like war and governance and then he had seven volumes of Ladies of Leisure and it's just the best <laughs> information. He's like, it's got all these like, really highbrow books and he's like, on his quiet nights, he's like, I'll just get, there, get a copy of Ladies of Leisure out. Sure. <laughs> uh, do you have any anxiety about relocating out of Germany? Like, Is there anything you're concerned about and, and any, any worries that, that you might have? To move to Britain, I knew the country and I knew the language, so this will be a difference. Mm-hmm. Because I have a job, I'm not so much worried about moving. And it's actually the second time leaving Germany, if I think about it. Uh, and maybe if it's now it's for forever. Mm-hmm. Who knows what the Swedish government is going to do? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, and I'm also looking forward to the exploring the chocolate market in uh, Sweden. So in, in they've got Marabou chocolate, right? And uh, there are many more kinds than they have in Germany. And you can just get a basket and get like 20 different kinds. And that's what I'm looking forward to. And I'm a bit nervous about it as well. I'll be, I'll be sending my address forthwith. Uh, I'll, take, right. I'll take 45 kilos, please. Right, right. Yeah. I'm actually waiting for a package from Norway right now. A friend is sending me a kilo of uh, Norwegian chocolate now. I mean, this is good. Normally people look for a silver lining and you've <laughs> located a chocolate yeah. lining. So that's, that sounds very positive. Is Norwegian chocolate good? I thought it was like Belgium was the chocolate the chocolate people. They have what's yeah. called Walters Mandler, which is um, milk chocolate with... Um, salt and roasted um, almonds 
and it's 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 really Damn. good. Yeah, I've never heard that in my life. It's it's interesting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's have a moment to think about that. <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, Sandra is, is not the only person pondering or a potential move. Dilly, you've also been thinking about relocating but within Germany. And this is going to be within Germany but to a very different part potentially speaking. Um so it may be in the area of Weissenfels that's close to Leipzig and it's a small town. Personally I'm terrified of moving but that I mean I would be terrified of moving anywhere because I've I've been in this town my whole life, my whole German life, uh, where I live right now in Gießen, moving to a place where I don't know the people um, and have no friends is quite, that's quite mm-hmm. a daunting experience. But I've been checking out the, the apartments and uh, sometimes I find myself going, oh, that's the, the rent is here, very reasonable. And then I realize that is actually the, depo- the three month deposit. And the, so the reasonable rent, the monthly rent that I'm thinking of is actually a three month deposit. So that's like, you divide it by three and that's the rent. Yeah. <laughs> I've always wanted to live in an Altbau, old German building with like tall walls and arched windows and, you know, the whole package. It's quite the opposite to Sandra's um, experience. I get to like upgrade to a nicer, roomier apartment. And that's something I'm really looking forward to, to be able to move around and not knock things over every time I turn. I've lived in a studio apartment yeah. um, for the last four year, uh, yeah for the last few years, and as studio apartment owners will tell you, mm-hmm. a few more bedrooms is quite okay. <laughs> yeah, I think it's not so much space. I think rooms being able to close doors—that's my experience <laughs> moving—is like just yeah. being able to go. I'm just going to close my office <laughs> door. You can all shut up now. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's quite important, like space, space in that sense, for sure, like personal space. Space, yeah. Sure. I just wanted to say that I was telling a friend that it's my dream to eventually not sleep in the room where I also have a humming fridge. <laughs> so, because that's the stu- uh, studio apartment yeah. experience. And good times, good times. Yeah. It's, it's, not quite, it's not quite a white noise machine, is it, really? The hum of the refrigerator. It's not what you want. It's comforting, Nick. It's comforting. Well, I mean, that's all you can ask for, isn't it? Really. It's just... There's an occasional hug. Don't judge me. Who doesn't hug their fridge? I do that regularly. It's where I keep my beer. So I love, I love and I guess as well, it's just announced, I think last month, Lonely Planet said that Leipzig is the best city to visit in Germany for this year. Uh, so that's pretty encouraging. They did? It did, yeah. Ah. The, the reason I, I was interested to talk about this especially is I, I saw that you, you asked Twitter about yeah. information for the region because you're obviously you're not from there. You don't have any experience of this yeah. East. Yeah. And I'm just curious how did that make you feel what kind of feedback did you get from people what kind of warnings did you receive because there were warnings given to you online there were warnings i think the responses fell into three categories where i had the oh you know it uh, it should be all right um uh, depends on where you land and then in the middle it's um but i think that's the moderate there were there were very few go for it there were a few, you know, be careful, depends, you know, maybe not relocate to a village, a town would be better. Mm-hmm. And then there were the very many responses in the category of, I was born in East Germany, I moved out, why on earth are you moving there? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that was quite, there wasn't much advice as in like what to do there. Mm-hmm. Um, I looked at Google, I looked at street view there is no street view for the town i'm moving to i don't know whether that's any that's always a good sign i find it's the indicator things are things are a-okay there there are a few places like the like the museums and the parks where you can like you have the 360 degree view so you basically Mm. stand in one spot and turn around and then you move to a completely different location in the same town and you do the same thing. You don't really get an idea of the town. I don't know if anyone said this, but I did look at eBay for this particular town to see what kind of people offer what kind of things for sale. That's genius. That's Thank you. genius. Oh, wow, that's really good. That's like Sherlock Holmes level shit. That, yeah. And, and I found an account where someone creates things from like logs and like twigs and things and they sell them on ebay it's like you know self-created ashtrays um pot hangers 
I, I, I thought that's that's nice. That means there are forests nearby. <laughs> it sounds like a damning indictment of the local employment opportunities. <laughs> that 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 as well. That but yeah. You should stop buying it. You should stop buying it. Right, buying little pieces here and there, and then like so they build up a rapport, and then you like make a friend and go. Oh, I'm I'm the person who bought all your ashtrays. I don't smoke. <laughs> Absolutely. <but they're> nice. <laughs> yeah, a nice way to get to know yeah, people. Exactly, you know. Turn up on their doorstep. <laughs> Give us all your ashtrays. <laughs> Before we move on to the first planned topic of the day, uh, we at Decades From Home have a short service announcement to make. Here we are, dear listener, episode number 50. It's a milestone, and one that we uh, have been staring down for many weeks now, and here it is. Isn't it all shiny and lovely? Number 50. Wow. What the two of us started just over a year ago has now resulted in well over 70 hours of produced episodes for your listening pleasure. We've tried week in, week out to get better, and we hope you'll agree that we've come a long way since those first few episodes. I believe so. I listened to episode one a couple of days ago, and I was like, oh my God, how ropey. Anyway, this, of course, does not happen by accident. We have put in lots of hours, many hours, and reflected on our successes and our missteps, and learned along the way. Very true. And Nick has spent hundreds of hours recording and editing the show. I've spent about half of those hours doing research, planning, and preparing the episodes before recording. Greg, the silent partner, let's say, uh, Nick's brother, has done post-production, graphic design, and soundtrack for the episodes. We've been lucky enough to have been able to host a growing number of guests and perspectives, and we'll strive to make that continue. With that in mind, we would like to give the opportunity to you, dear listener, to follow in the footsteps of countless Valiant podcast listeners before you and open up a possibility for you to donate to the show. If you do feel so inclined... We would naturally really, really appreciate your support. The podcast has now opened an account on Kofi.com or Coffee.com, which is K-O-Fi.com, where you can donate to the show at Kofi.com, K-O-Fi.com forward slash decades from home. Okie dokie, enough panhandling. On with the show. Fährt gegen Internet. Wer bringt Daten schneller? So here we have an article uh, from Faurier, and it talks about a story in Schmallenberg Oberkirchen, uh, which is in Sauerland in Nordrhein-Westfalen. And it documents the story of a photographer working for Vol magazine, uh, not a, a particularly well-known publication on my radar. But this photographer decided to start an interesting race. Who will get the files to their destination faster? A horse or the internet? So, ladies, any instinct? What do you think is going to be faster to transfer some photos? A horse or the internet? Depends on where in Germany the internet is. Sauerland. Then it's the horse. <laughs> oh, oh. Okay, this is what I can expect, I assume, in Weisenfels. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so a bit more information for you. It's 4.5 gigabytes of photos, which is it's got a lot of photos, but not a huge amount of data. Uh-huh. This is from photographer Klaus-Peter Kappest, and he's got to send them to his printing company. At his home in Schmallenberg, Oberkirchen, he starts a data transfer over the internet, and at the same time, two horse-mounted messengers are setting off with a DVD with the photos. It's about 10 kilometers to the destination. Uh, so we now know the data size and the fact there are two horses and it's 10k. Uh, any change or do we still think the horse is going to win? I've read the headline and I was already like the horse is going to win. Now, I have absolutely no confidence <laughs> whatsoever in the idea that uh, no, a horse wouldn't beat the internet. Like that's my and that, my internet's quite good, but all bets are off, right? As soon as uh, as soon as you see it, even if they said like we're going to do it by carrier pigeon. I mean, I'm alone in this assumption. Like, I have no confidence in the German internet. I don't either. Well, depending on where you are, um, my parents live in Emsland, which is um, northwest. And uh, if I want to use Google Maps in that area to go somewhere, I know that up till the Dutch border, the internet is really problematic. And then I cross the border and it's really great. Yet another reason to go to, <laughs> to the Netherlands. The headline did set up. It would be a weird article if the horse lost. And so, yeah, two hours after starting, the horses were already tucked away in their stables and the data transfer was not finished. Uh, so, yeah, two hours to do four and a half gig of photos is 
pretty poor. So, I mean, I guess this this leads us to the question of, of our experiences of German internet. Is this a similar story where you are? Because uh, we all live in different areas of the nation. Are you able, where you are, to get high-speed internet and how fast is it? And the final thing, I guess, is the cost. How much do you have to pay for internet? Here in Germany. I remember once um, I had a cousin who lived in Darmstadt, so from Gies, and I set off on the train, and like somewhere after Frankfurt, there was there was no there was no internet. It was out of sheer luck that she got onto the same train and then it continued onwards to Michelstadt uh, or Michelstadt. I can't remember which town that was. I realized that internet is very much within the boundaries of large cities here in Germany. Yeah. So where you are, do you have, how fast is your internet at home? Is, is it expensive? Personally, I mean, for my VLAN, I think mm-hmm. I pay somewhere around 35 euros a month. Mm-hmm. That's 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 hefty, I would say. And what kind of download speeds do you normally achieve? Oh, cyber! Why? Why would you? Should I send you a link to Ookla? <laughs> you're telling me you're not logging into your Fritzbox to double check? Well, should, should we all just, we can all do a speed test live, and then we can see how fast we are. We pay quite a lot of money for our internet. Our house isn't even that old; it's like thirty years old, and yeah, we still have problems mm-hmm. from top to bottom where the internet connection is and like occasional dropouts like and that's the frustrating thing the consistency is generally okay but every so often this the fritz box stops working and it's usually when there's an update and Mm. then i have to reset the entire fritz box and reset it up again which is like it's like maybe every two months yeah i hate my fritz box so much my speed test results are in and it's it's it it shows how bad the fritz box is my upload speed is 45 megabytes a second i'm the furthest i can be from my router in my house and my download speed is half of that so there's something definitely not right with the uh, performance of my fritz box there but i I get 500 megabytes per second downstairs via my xbox which is hardwired in i got i got 32 upload 82 download which is okay it's about what i was expecting although i know exactly what i should be getting because i went on the uh my provider's website and they say i should be getting 100 megabits download and 40 bits upload so it's okay not, it's not so far away but it's it's within the margins of error i guess but oh dilly's just discovered her internet doesn't work <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 18 download and nine upload no don't feel bad don't feel bad i i <laughs> I am the biggest loser here. I have a download uh, rate of 17.12, upload 7.86. Jeez, talk about range. Well, I mean, the good news is that all of this is enough for what most people need to do with the internet. For example, if I want to play my Xbox online against other people in 4K quality, I need about 12 uh, megabytes per second to do that. Netflix at 4K needs about 8. So we have enough to do what we want individually, but if you have other people using your VLAN, then it will quickly run out of steam. Thanks, I Um, would. And yeah, for (laughs) €35 a month, it's not particularly impressive. Uh, to only have enough internet for one person. Hello, Bison <laughs> Yeah, it does, seem, it does feel like you need to check out your other provider. Yeah, I'd say check out your options. Sometimes you'll check, yeah. you'll check to see if there's another provider. And I've been in places where there's only one provider for internet. Mm-hmm. Like I've had conversations. I remember when we phoned up, we phoned up the the people in the last place we lived. And we're like, oh, can we get, can we upgrade our internet? And their response was, why? (laughs) (laughs) How are you employed by this company? Like, that's your first response when a customer phones up and goes, we want to give you more money for more internet. And you go, why? (laughs) Even before the place before that refused to let us upgrade, the person wouldn't let us upgrade. They were like, oh, there's no point. Upselling doesn't translate into German, apparently. Yeah, 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 it's very weird. Are you surprised, though, Dilly? I mean, like... Oh, no, no, no. Are you surprised that the, the customer service would say... No, <laughs> that didn't. That didn't really didn't surprise me that they were like they made it into a real chore to upgrade. I guess the the challenging thing is that Germany has come a long way in terms of internet speed. The average in 2015 was only 15 megabytes, so Dilly is still very much living in 2015 uh, in terms of internet. So that's nice. That's 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 yeah, that yeah. was the dream. You're within the decade. <laughs> Apparently, the average today or April 2021 was 120 megabytes per second the average across all of germany where's that average coming from who the fuck is getting that <laughs> this is this is this is my next point because that includes two things that are important to know we've already mentioned that it's city that has the best internet connection uh-huh. but of course lots and lots of companies have spent millions updating their 
services and their averages are also included right. so if you go to a, a, a highly advanced company their in-house internet speed is edging towards terabytes uh, and that of course brings up the national average but the normal consumer i think yeah you're looking at less than 120 that's so cheeky that oh brilliant like we didn't invest in the internet but we're going to include these companies that did. <laughs> so just sly. I think I'm looking at like pixelated Netflix in Weissenfels. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to bring it back to the, the story itself in, in Schmallenberg-Oberkirchen, they have uh, fiber optic in the village. It's just not being completed yet. So th- <laughs> this, this photographer, Klaus-Peter Kappest, has in his basement cables that haven't been installed yet. Uh, so he will eventually have high-speed internet, but he was told his nearest appointment was next year. So, yeah, <laughs> so far, he man. technically has Farzan, but they just aren't connected to anything yet. So um, I don't know if that's included in statistics as well. We had a friend <laughs> who moved into a new apartment in Nuremberg, in the centre of Nuremberg, and the company quoted a two-month wait until they could connect his house to the internet. And you're just like, what are you talking about? Mm. It's not rocket science. Like they come in, it takes 15 minutes max and then they leave, like, unless there's a major problem. I mean, we, we got lucky here when we moved in. It turned out the owners didn't have internet here, so that was a bit of a shock. Uh, so two guys from Vodafone turned up. They were both Hungarian and really, really helpful. Like, it was the day we were moving. One of them helped me with my mattress. Oh, what a, what a gent. And um, they were like, yeah, there's, there's no internet. We have to, like, install it and we need permission to drill through your floor to do it. And we were like, Okay, well, yeah, you have our permission, but we need to speak to the owner. They said, okay, we'll have to come back next month. And we're just like, no, 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 please. We'll get him on the phone. And he agreed on the phone to have his floor drilled. (laughs) And they did the whole thing. But yeah, if if they weren't so accommodating, we would have had to wait a month for internet here as well. Yeah, Nuremberg isn't great for this kind of thing, unfortunately. It's a lovely, very pretty city. But uh, glass fires and cable internet is is a distant wish, I think. (laughs) Sort of speaks to the, the, the wider issue of it's not just getting the cables in the house. It's like how the house has been maintained because when the guy came to connect our house he pulled off the the cover for where you usually connect the phone line you usually connect the internet and there was no wires behind it <laughs> this, is hole, this is a hole in the wall and as i where he's like where's the cables like, i don't know where the cables are and it's like well there must be cables because there's a box in the basement did you bring them we had a hunt through the house yeah no and like and he looked at me as if i'd like i'd set him up or something like it was a like a, a joke and i was gonna go ha ah, you've been punked <laughs> we ended up having the only place to connect it it's the top of the house which is like the worst place so the signal's like great where i am but then we've had to get boosters all over the house. Mm. So. Like the house infrastructure was rubbish as well. So you're kind of relying on other people. The criticism about internet in Germany is I can I I completely agree to that. Got to assume that Sweden's going to be better, right? Yes. Well, I've I've just I've just googled this whilst you're answering. And there is a company called Pinpoint Communications that offers gigabyte per second. What? Sam is not only moving to a country, in a different country, she's moving to the future. Oh. I can fill out my tax return on um, text what? message um, in Sweden. Oh, That's yeah. an improvement. Yeah. I am very happy for you and envious of you at the same time. <laughs> Overwhelmed. Wow. Yeah, you have to employ like an army of, of, of tax advisors in Germany just to get through the forms, you know, and just get through the basics. Yeah. I mean, one of the one of the changes that surprised me was when I got my new job was that I can get my pay slips online because previously for the last 10 years, I've, I've been restricted to getting a pay slip through the mail. And then when I've tried to get like a copy of the pay slip, I've been confounded by data protection because they're like, well... You can't get a payslip from us directly. You can only get it through your employer because it's against data protection. And I'm like, but, it's, but it's my data. <laughs> I, I don't understand this law. No one does. But So uh, it's nice just being able to go and find information online. That's good. I mean, occasionally you have moments where things work, you know. But if you're looking... Like, I mean, that's, that's what it feels like. It's like day-to-day internet generally works if it breaks i'm never surprised if i get if i'm in the middle of the city and my spotify just kicks out and i look at my phone and i don't have any connection to to, uh, the phone line that just doesn't surprise us anymore i don't even get angry about it i'm like oh well and it's a complaint that that i think a lot of us make online a lot of people who are in the sort of i hate using the term expat but that's what they would call it the expat community Um, a lot of just angry middle class people go my internet doesn't work Uh, like that's the worst problem that we could have. But I think I think over the last year it's become relevant in the sense that if you don't have the internet, 
Mm. You basically can't work or you have to put yourself in a environment where you don't really want to work. This is why we need our DVD collections. Yeah, we need that and a horse. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's just get horses. That's the obvious answer here, right? So, yes, the final question is, what are you going to name your horse? Pickles. Good. Pickles the Good horse. Shout. What about you, Dilly? What are you going to name your horse? Um, right now I have the name Francis reserved for a dog. <laughs> Francis the dog. Oh, it's, what are you going to name your horse, though? <laughs> Beacon. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, references. <laughs> Tying it all up. Uh, Sandra, what about you? What would you name your horse? Um, I came across a dog. Uh, called Goethe the other week so I really liked uh, the idea of naming animals after authors so Shakespeare would be mine no I think just to say fuck yeah. you to Vodafone I'd call it Podafone <laughs> Podafone Fiat. a nice bit of alliteration there lovely mm, you know me mate let's, let's organise the posse and get out Okay, so for the 50th episode, we decided we were going to do 50 quickfire questions for the 50th episode to find out 50 things about your host and guest host for this week. So we're going to fire them off and see what we think. So the first question I have is, who is your hero? Uh, Bobby Robson, former manager of Newcastle United. Mm -hmm. Barack Obama, my mother. Oh, that's sweet. Hunter S. Thompson for me because of loads of drugs. <laughs> <laughs> if you could live anywhere, where would it be? I'd live here. I like living here. New York, but here. <laughs> By the sea or in in the mountains? In the woods, in a hut. <laughs> yeah, uh, Pacific Northwest for me uh, would probably be my dream place, living anywhere. So, yeah, living in the woods in a hut seems like a pretty uh, positive choice here. Okay, what's your biggest fear? Uh, I'm going to do the power move. I don't have any fears. No, um, I don't really, like, I don't know, bankruptcy. Uh, <laughs> so German. It's become so German. Financial stability is your biggest fear. <laughs> um, illness. Illness and chickens. Okay, we need to know more about this. Like chickens. chickens. What's up with chickens? Legit, legit. I was picked as a child by a hen, and I'm very scared. I don't of mean to laugh for that. <laughs> That's quite okay. Well, we'll leave the chickens behind. Uh, I go with heights um, for me. Uh, what makes you really angry? Like so many different things. <laughs> so much makes me angry. Like the list is endless. Um, people on the autobahn. Um, selfish people, everyone in shops, um, everyone not in shops, people in the countryside, people in cities. I could go on and on. Okay. Uh, I'm I'm very German about it. Um, people who are late. Okay. Uh, with me, it's people with impunity and uh, people who are rich. People who don't face uh, consequences for their evil actions because they sit right at the top. And, and rich people. Usually it's the same thing. Fuck yeah, Jilly. Eat the rich. <laughs> oh, yeah. Fight the power. Fuck the rich. <laughs> Rudeness and tardiness are my two pet peeves, I guess. Uh, what is your proudest accomplishment? It's the, bit, like, the British bit of me is like, don't boast, Nick. Just say like something modest, but I'm not going to. Uh, in, in approximately 12 years, I went from pushing tr trolleys in a supermarket to lecturing at a university. I think that's for sure. <laughs> um... Yeah, scoring a job in Gothenburg. Awesome. This might seem soppy, but the fact that I can laugh and smile every day, I think that's an accomplishment. Oh, yeah. I feel, now I feel really selfish. <laughs> <laughs> Way to throw shade on me, Billy. Yeah, successfully living internationally for over a decade is, is something I'm, I'm pretty proud of. I don't really have that much else going. Um, the podcast as well. I'm pretty proud of how this is going after 50. A fucking epic beard, listeners. He's, he's being far too modest. Yeah, actually, yeah. Fuck, I didn't even think about it. I've, got, I've become so attached to it, uh, pardon the pun, my massive fucking beard. I'm pretty proud of that. Yeah. Okay, uh, what is your favourite book? A Distant Mirror by Barbara Tuckman. Normal People, uh, Sally Rooney. Diddy's going through all those Mills and Boone novels. <laughs> <laughs> The call of the stable boy. <laughs> um, I, I'm going to say uh, the series William by Richard Ooh. Crompton and anything by P.D. Wood, P.G. Woodhouse. I realized a lot later that they'd uh, lifted, they'd kept me afloat through a young adult depression. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, probably The Wind-Up Bird Chronicles by Haruki Murakami. Uh, that genuinely changed my life. Some of the choices in that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a fucking highbrow. I have to swear a lot just to bring this down a little. Okay, what did you want to be when you were young? Fireman. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Nurse. Lawyer. Soldier. Okay. 
go-to karaoke song? Um, Superstition by Stevie Wonder. I can't sing it, but I love singing it. <laughs> uh, walking on Sunshine. Mm-hmm. I will survive, but in a different key. <laughs> <laughs> See, genuine props for, for the attempt. Uh, for me, Iggy Pop's Passenger. Next up, if you could only eat one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? What constitutes a meal? What do you mean? <laughs> very different things. Like... Chicken tikka masala uh, is a meal. Ham, egg, and chips. Okay, so I'm gonna go with a, a with a like a, a smorgasbord from um, the Greg's Greg's the Baker, which would include um, at least a stotty and then a sausage rolls and <laughs> steak bakes and whatever else I could get my dirty hands on. Pizza, um, roti, chili chicken, and butter. Ham, egg, and chips is my ultimate feel good food. So it'd be that. Nice. Who's your favorite author? Well, I suppose Barbara Tuckman's my favorite book, but Simon Sharma, I guess, is one of my favorites. But yeah, probably, yeah, between Barbara Tuckman and Simon Sharma. I really don't have a favorite author, I think. <laughs> Anonymous. <laughs> I don't either. I don't have a favorite author. So you invite these people on for their opinions. <laughs> Indecision all over the shop here. Okay, well, I'm confident. Hunter S. Thompson is mine. I know that with all my heart. Have you ever had a nickname? Um, unfortunately, yeah. I was quite a weighty kid and my name was Houghton and the focused very heavily on the ton and then I just, for a short period of my life I was ton. Yeah, no, I never had... Um, a nickname, and I'm quite glad about it. We can, we can come <laughs> up with one, though, Sam. Oh, no, no, please. <laughs> I'm too old. <laughs> I didn't have a nickname ever. I mean, does Dilly count as a nickname? Mm-hmm. I'd say so. Oh, okay, then Dilly. Uh, Mad Dog yeah. was mine. Mad Dog Maddox. But Simon, you have a new nickname that we um, <laughs> discovered yesterday, right? In our text message. Yeah, I mean, I can't, you can't really give yourselves nicknames, but I did yesterday, yeah. What was the, what was the nickname? Uh, the Duke of Reichelsdorf. <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much. He may, have, he may have ordained himself the Duke of Reichelsdorf, but I'm going to use it whenever I have an opportunity. Do it, I feel like I should be saluting. Do what you like. As long as, as, long as I'm getting praise, I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> Doth my cap. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, of course, sir. Uh, who would you want to be Stranded on a desert island with with, with you, Simon. <laughs> oh, bless! Just do the show forever <laughs> until we die. That's the way. That's the plan. Um, Ryan Reynolds. Saucy. Ah. Even even I'm I'm, I'm interested. <laughs> in that yeah, he's lovely. Tom Hiddleston. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No changing your mind now, Sandra. You've no backseas. Oh, no backseas. Do I have to choose? <laughs> I've watched a lot of these shows. They're probably Bear Grylls because he'd get me ah. out. So I think he'd be. Oh, I can't. I can't fucking believe that, Simon. Uh. I can't. I can't believe you diss me like that on our own podcast. Oh well. I mean, start, start watching some Bear Grylls. Learn them survival skills, and then you'll you'll get first choice, mate. Ever since Simon became part of the aristocracy, he's really. <laughs> If you could go back in time, what year would you go back to? Um, I don't know. Uh, 1649, and then I could see Charles I get his head cut off. That would be quite graphic. <laughs> Fuck the rich, eh, Dilly? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 1989 and the years after in Berlin. I'd really mm-hmm. like to live through that. Okay. I can't think of a year I want to go back to because I want to go back to when everything was like beautiful and forest, but that is too idyllic because nothing was ever just beautiful and forest. There were people killing themselves. So I don't know what I want to go back to. Paleolithic. Paleolithic. Go back. And that's when the giant flora and fauna. <laughs> okay. That's where I want to go back to where things were green. I'd go 2002, graduated school, had a gap year, went traveling, worked in a pub, got drunk a lot. It was, it was a Good year. I really enjoyed that year. Mm. No responsibilities. How many pairs of shoes do you own? Eight pairs? Eight pairs of shoes. Ten to twelve? Probably around twenty. Yeah, I think I'm around thirty-five, forty, maybe. <laughs> I don't feel bad now. <laughs> yeah. uh, which superhero would you want to be? Well, you want to be a superhero that doesn't have a horrendous backstory, but like I've always liked Batman. Mm-hmm. It does mean that I have to witness the murder of my parents in a dark alley in Gotham City, but I can accept that. <laughs> well, are there many female superheroes? Wonder um, Woman. Well, that's me then, mm-hmm. obviously. Uh, does uh, Jessica Jones count? It certainly does. Yeah, I, I, I want to be her. I want to read out of her script every damn day of my life. She's a badass. 
Just she's very badass. <laughs> uh, uh, Nick will have to give verdict because he's the only one that is actually a comic book fan. Uh, Judge Dredd is that a superhero? Ooh, solid. Yes, very solid option. Okay, then Judge Dredd. He's a fucking merciless fascist that he is. <laughs> I just want the power. <laughs> uh, okay, favorite animal at the zoo? It's a bear. Uh, pandas, mm-hmm. elephants, red pandas for me. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> How many pillows do you sleep with? Zweibit it. <laughs> One, two. Two here as well. Okay. What's the tallest building you've been to the top of? Chrysler Building. I don't know the name in Tokyo, this tower thingy. I have no idea what it's called. Tokyo Tower? Maybe. Um, I don't think I've been up any like uh, famous tall buildings, just the random Frankfurt skyscrapers. My pervading memory, I'm sure I've gone tall in this, but it was the, the Grand Arche de la Défense in Paris, which has like a glass floor that looks straight down. And that's all I can see now. I'm sweating all over again. That was horrible. Okay. I said heights is my thing. <laughs> um, dream holiday destination? Japan. Mine as well. A lonely island. <laughs> oh. I, I've got to say Japan as well. The only thing that's like really missing from my uh, travel so far. I smell a special podcast episode. <laughs> if the good listeners donate a few grand, <laughs> then we'll do an episode in Japan. No fucking problem. Ko-fi. Yeah, <laughs> Coke.fi at, yeah. uh, what was it, Decades From Home? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Get us to Japan, baby. I think the default donation is three euros, so we're going to need quite a few of them. <laughs> <laughs> Favourite holiday, as in public holiday? Favourite public holiday? Oh, Christmas, I guess. Christi Himmelfahrt or um, the other one that's on a Thursday because it's a nice break. I'm going with Christmas. Uh, I, I like Boxing Day. <laughs> It's, it's Christmas with none of the responsibility, and mm. the drinking is still very much allowed. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Boxing yeah. Day is a good one. You can only eat one nation's food forever. Which nation is it? it it'd be uh, India. Thai. Sri Lankan, baby. <laughs> uh, Mexico for me. Nice. Favorite fast food chain? In and Out Burger. That was amazing. I need to think about this one. Burger King. Anything that serves a donor? I don't eat fast food otherwise. No, no, I think that's so <laughs> Yeah, donut. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> yeah, I'd also go donut, but if it's one of the big brands, I'm also Burger King. No, bacon Double XL every single time. Favorite tree? <laughs> uh, which, which is the one that smells like juice? <laughs> <laughs> There's a tree that smells. Is that why you love it? <laughs> no, I'm Jesus Christ. I'm not Googling that. It's a giant giant redwood. Is it? No, giant redwoods don't smell like juice, but just giant redwoods are the trees. That... <laughs> uh, I would say birch. Coconut tree. You can use all parts of it. It's, it's such a huge part of life where I come from. I'm diverting to my, 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 my heritage. It's got to be oak. Enough about jizz trees. Uh, Favourite movie? <laughs> oh, um, Edge of Tomorrow. That's your favourite movie? <laughs> I watched it like eight times. I love that <laughs> Jesus thing. Christ. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I am not really a big film buff, but um, I would say Dirty Dancing, and people will kill me for this one now. <laughs> my baby gehört to me. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody puts my baby in the corner. I don't have a favourite movie. Okay. Uh, Raging Bull is mine, uh, or Eternal Sunshine and Spotless Mind, uh, if I'm not being pretentious. Ooh, very highbrow. Yeah, that was my less pretentious <laughs> one. No wonder you're so disgusted at my choice. Is your glass half full or half empty? Always half full. Same here. I was going to say it's a mug, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah, I'm probably more half empty, if I'm honest with myself there. Yeah. What's the most unusual thing you've ever eaten? Probably some kind of insect in a sweet... I can't remember what it was called. I think it was like a mealworm or something like that. Um, I'm a fuzzy eater, so I tend to not do that. <laughs> <laughs> Oysters. I had them for the first time in August. Okay. It's like snot, but salty. <laughs> <laughs> Did you recommend it? Yeah, I love it. I, I was yeah. told by the, the waiter that I ate cat in Cambodia. Um, yeah. <laughs> this is what you want to hear. I love cats. I, I wish them no harm. <laughs> Do you collect anything? I like, I'm partial to a, an action figure, but I don't really collect them with any great fury. So, um, hangovers. <laughs> uh, yeah, nothing in particular. Oh, um, I collect... Um, uh, ceramic and porcelain dishes from the day-day air times. I think you're going to be very successful in the old east <laughs> 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 building your collection. 
famous. <laughs> uh, baseball caps is, is probably my only thing that I collect. Are you a clean or a messy person? Oh, I'm clean. I'm a medium person. I'm going to go with Sandra on this. It's, it's, yeah, it's a broad spectrum. <laughs> <laughs> I think for me, it depends on the room. So in the kitchen, I'm really clean. Bathroom, very clean. Bedroom. I don't give a shit at all. Who was your favourite teacher in school? I like. I had my mum as my history teacher, but I'm not going to choose her because that would be nepotism, and I'm better than that. My English <laughs> teacher was called Mr. Vine. He was pretty solid. But the the teacher that taught me to read, Mrs. Dixon. Um, my German teacher in gymnasium, Herr Pohlmann. He almost made me leave school after the first day, but or I was crying at home because he made me draw a picture and I can't draw but <laughs> but after that um our relationship improved i'm very <laughs> grateful to miss ingrid martinstein as she was known at the time um she was my first grade class teacher um she caught me not paying attention in class and dreaming a lot and it turned out to be that i just didn't hear very well at the time so i'm very grateful to her for keeping an eye out for me and talking to my parents me tom jeffers my german teacher when i was doing my gcse and a level and uh, without him I, I wouldn't be in germany i know that okay if you were a wrestler what song would you use to enter the arena to does it does it have to be hardcore or can it be like i don't know it's a tricky one um I guess uh, Aerodynamic by Daft Punk. Mm. Eye of the Tiger. <laughs> I will survive. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> I mean, I, I, yeah, I compiled these questions and I didn't even think of the answer. I thought, that's a great question. Um, yeah, anything by Rancid would probably capture the mood for me. Yeah, totally. Which meal is your favourite, breakfast, lunch or dinner? Frischduck baby, breakfast every time. Yeah, same for me. Dinner. Yeah, dinner gang, rise up. What song always gets you out on the dance floor? Uh, 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 Push the button by Sugar Babes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Wannabe. I'm an algorithm, I do not dance. (laughs) <laughs> that's because you're not hung out with me and simon yet <laughs> that is that's 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 probably yeah. why <laughs> uh, for me outcasts hey ya is just i cannot not dance to that song what's your favorite season of the year super cliche but autumn spring spring autumn so that's masculine autumn energy going on <laughs> <laughs> things are dying things are falling yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm cleaning up the leaves. Uh, favorite board game? <laughs> What's it called? Who am I? Is that the name of it? Guess who? Guess who? Yeah, Scrabble. Scrabble's a great one. Yeah, good. Risk would probably be mine. But again, it's, it's that English Empire instinct. It's yeah. not really necessarily fostering the best of my heritage. <laughs> <laughs> what would be the first thing you do if you won the lottery? Spread the wealth, take everyone on holiday, that kind of thing. Go to Japan, buy a wood and a hut. I'd buy a really expensive Mark 1 Golf GTI. Just the perfect one. What's the best concert you've ever been to? Well, I'd love to say it was the first concert I ever went to, which was uh, 50 Cent, but it wasn't. <laughs> it was um, best one was... I went to see Florence in the Machine in 2019, and that was probably one of the best concert experiences I've ever had. Um, Herbert Grönemeyer, 2003 in Schalke. I've never been to a concert. I need to hang out with you guys more. You've never ever been to? Never, wow. Never ever. Oh, Simon will rectify Yeah, that. really. Like, <laughs> I'll start looking at Ticketmaster near Geese, and there's definitely something happening. Um, not a band I love, but Muse. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I saw them at Reading Festival, it was mind-blowing the show they put on not my scene really what's your game plan in a zombie apocalypse um slow down what kind of zombies are we dealing with are are they fast or they're slow (laughs) we're talking fast george romero modern zombies oh like get the fuck out of the city uh, to the mountains (laughs) straight up to the mountains find the the highest up point i'm gonna do what dilly was suggesting just a normal life which is (laughs) cabin in the woods get the hell away from any centers and yeah get an axe that's obvious (laughs) So. Chainsaw, if you can get hold one. Hide under the table. Oh, <laughs> um, I'm gonna go for the wood and the hut, and on a hill with lots of boulders. Mm. I'd like roll things down. I'm I'm going straight to Switzerland and and finding some valleys and peaks uh, to call my own. Definitely. <laughs> uh, okay, if you could live in a movie, which one would it be? So a world created in a movie. God, I only watch like 
schlocky action movies or zombie movies, so I don't really give me many options. <laughs> I'm trying to think of something that would be pleasant. I tell you what, I'd want to live. I'd want to live in um, the the era that Get Carter was set, and Get Carter set in the Northeast during the mm-hmm. late sixties, seventies. So yeah, that's the world I'd want to live in. At least I'd understand what everyone was saying. Uh, I think Fleabag with mm-hmm. the fourth wall. Is this Fleabag the TV series? Mm-hmm. Like Phoebe Waller-Bridge? Yeah, well, because she talks to the audience uh, and it's ah. the fourth wall. So you, she's ah. zooming out of the scene and yeah. kind of gives her thoughts. So I think that would be quite neat. Ah. Oh, I thought we could only choose movies. Um, Look at Dilly trying to keep everyone on point. See, exactly. That's what I like to see. That's what I like to see, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Play by the rules, people. You're in Germany. I'm. I. I wouldn't mind like being a part of the flea bag. That that that's something I can imagine. Or oh, Sherlock Holmes. I think the original West Side Story would be quite nice as well. A lot of singing, dancing. I'd definitely be a, a, a shark. I think that'd be pretty cool. Okay, do you sing in the shower? Of course. Yeah. I will survive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how many hours do you get to the airport before a flight? Um. Like an hour, hour and a half, maybe. Um, I've missed a flight once, um, but usually try to be there two hours before. Uh, four to five. Four to five? Four to five. Wow. Okay. Dedication to the, the airport there. <laughs> yeah, I'm a two to three kind of guy, and I thought three was a bit bit much, but yeah, respect, Dilly. Um, if you came back in your next life as an animal, what animal would you choose to be? Uh, I'd be like a, a, a some kind of bird of prey because I've always wanted to have a, mm. a bit of that flying action. A sloth. I want to say elephant, but they get killed. Sloths are <laughs> sloths are nice. Who's going after the sloth? Eh, no one. <laughs> <laughs> Clever. A peregrine falcon would be my shout. The fastest animal in the world. Pretty dope to experience that. Uh, do you hit the snooze button or wake up immediately when your alarm goes? I don't need an alarm. <laughs> I'm a machine. <laughs> <laughs> I wake up immediately at the alarm. Okay, snooze all day. <laughs> Do you think iced coffee should only be consumed in the summer or all year round? No, whatever you want, I guess. Yeah, no opinion on that. All year round with brandy in it. Wow, <laughs> jeez, step up. Yeah, all year round as well, but I'm, I'm fine without the alcohol in it. What's your go-to midnight snack? <laughs> uh, peanut butter and anything. Crisps. Tune out of the can. Käsestanger. Probably, no. <laughs> Would you rather have your dishes or your clothes be magically clean? Um, I'd do the dishes in the house, so the dishes, obviously. <laughs> yeah, the dishes. 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 Okay, unanimous there. If you can win an Olympic medal for any sport, real or fake, what would it be? Well, this is an odd time to out myself as a battle reenactor, but in, in, when I'm in the UK and I have an opportunity, <laughs> I do English Civil War battle reenactments. Part of which is something called a pike push, which is like a rugby scrum, but with 16-foot sticks. Uh, and that's the sport I'd want a gold medal. Okay. Convincing people to join park run. Ah. <laughs> Eating the rich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Classic, 100 metres. All, all the plaudits, please. Uh, what's the most beautiful place you've ever seen? Ooh, it's a toughie. Uh, it's a split between the Alps or the Grand Canyon. Uh, Rocky Mountain National Park. My parents' garden with all the things growing in it. Uh, sunset over Angkor Wat in Cambodia. Oh, choice. I'd love that. It's special. Uh, what Disney or cartoon character were you inexplicably afraid of as a kid? I'm not sure if it's inexplicable, but the big bad wolf was... Honestly, the most terrifying thing I've ever seen in my entire life. I didn't do Disney. <laughs> what cartoon character then? Is it not a cartoon character that you would? No, no, of? no. I'm Superwoman, you know. Oh yeah, the no, Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman can't. Wonder Woman. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't terrified of any cartoon character. Or maybe the woman in Pound Puppies. She was very mean, Auntie Katrina. Uh, Ursula from the Little Mermaid. I found quite disturbing when I was young. She scared me. I feel slightly emasculated by, by Dilly and Sandra. <laughs> so, um, ne- nearly done. Just final two. What's the hottest place you've ever been to? Nevada. Just all of Nevada. <laughs> hot <laughs> um, and hot. So um, Tokyo in late August as a very humid, hot place. And... Um, Colorado as a very dry, hot place. My uh, father's uh, no AC Volkswagen in Sri Lanka. <laughs> uh, Death Valley for me. And the final one, what's your favourite English language podcast about Germany? Uh, it's like one I was listening to the other day. I think it's called something like Decades from Home, but it might just be me. 
Slam dunk that setup. <laughs> you just gave it away. I, I think I wanted to say the same. Oh, so you, so you want to come back? That's nice. <laughs> you guys are the best. Oh, you really are. We've really, we've really sorted us out there, haven't we? <laughs> Where's got the money? Yeah, oh shit, I've got it here. I'll post it. Donations again at ko-fi.com. <laughs> Salmon. A big, big thank you to the following people who retweeted and shared the show. You are really appreciated. So thanks, Karen, Sigmar from Blackenburg, Marty, of course, the Honourable Husband, uh, as well as our Ultras, the Deckers from Home Ultras, and Ten as well. Thank you all for sharing the podcast on Twitter and social media. We do really, really appreciate it. If you are enjoying the podcast, why not give us a rating on iTunes, which only takes a minute and can really help us. Retweet us, share a link or post with the hashtag Decades From Home or lowercase on Twitter or on Instagram. As ever, if you do have any questions, feedback, or maybe an article or topic you'd like us to cover, you can tweet me, Simon, on at Decades From Home on Twitter, and you can tweet Nick at at 40% German. You can also get us on 40percentgerman at gmail.com. And if you have time, take a look at 40percentgerman.com, where there are weekly articles every Saturday. All that's left to say is thanks and bis zum nächsten Mal.